जय श्री कृष्णा चैतन्ना प्रभु नित्यानंदा श्री अद्वैता गदाधा शिवाशादी गोर भक्तवृंदा जय श्री कृष्णा चैतन्ना प्रभु नित्यानंदा श्री अद्वैता गदाधा शिवाशादी गोर भक्तवृंदा हरि कृष्णा हरि कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे कथामृता जीवाना कविभरीता कलमशाप कथामृता 
तो जीवाना को भी भीरीता कल मशापा श्रावण मंगला श्रीमदाता भूविक्रीनती जे पूरीदाजना
हरे राम हरे राम 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 हरे Nintai gora haribo, 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 haribo. Jaya jaya prabhu pad, prabhu 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 गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि बोल हरि कृष्णा सो नाइस टू मीट ऑल ऑफ यू थैंक यू वेरी मच फॉर कमिंग सो द सेमिनार एज यू नो इज ऑन कृष्णा पास्ट टाइम्स लास्ट टाइम आई गिव द सेमिनार ऑन Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan, and this time I thought of discussing about what Krishna did after he left Vrindavan. Krishna was in Vrindavan. I'm sure all of you are aware that Krishna is the supreme personality of godhead how many of you are clear about that concept that krishna is the supreme personality of godhead because it's important to understand about krishna's identity because unless and until we understand who krishna is we won't be able to appreciate krishna's pastimes in one hand it may appear like krishna is an ordinary human being like us and all these activities that have been described in the scriptures they're just fictional they're just fictitious narrations they're not just like you hear about superman spiderman batman ant man <laughs> so uh, like it may appear that that these activities that have been described in bhagavatam and other scriptures are such exaggerated or fictitious descriptions a product of somebody's fertile imagination but when we recognize that krishna is the supreme personality of godhead then 
one thing at least becomes clear in our minds that uh, Krishna can do anything. Like, you will hear about things like in Krishna's pastimes that uh, someone attacked Krishna with 30 million soldiers. They were not ordinary soldiers. They were so powerful that they could even fight with the demigods. And they were not all foot soldiers. They were uh, soldiers on horseback, soldiers on elephants, soldiers on chariots. Many of them could fight from the space. And such uh, individuals with amazing ability to fight. And Krishna annihilated all that 30 million soldiers. Now in one hand it may appear that how is it possible that somebody can uh, do such a thing? Yes, nobody can do such a thing, but Krishna can. Because Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Aren't you aware of the fact God said, let there be light and there was light? Are you aware of the fact that when the Lord lies down on a causal ocean and as he breathes, not only from his nose and mouth, but also from every pore of his body, the bubbles that are generated in causal ocean are the universes. The universe that we are residing in, uh, like at least we are aware of one universe where we are, it is an universe. Now how, does, how did this universe generate? How did this universe come about? How many of you know? Raise your hands. How many of you want to know? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Krishna expands as Vishnu. Mahavishnu. And he lies in the causal ocean. There is a thing called causal ocean. Ocean of cause. We know about the ocean of salt water, right? A great reservoir of water, a huge body of water that is called salt water ocean. But there is an ocean of cause. Cause is a substance. Don't we say uh, behind every action there is some there must be some cause, cause and effect. Everything happens due to some cause. Uh, so there is and this cause is actually a substance, and there is an ocean of cause. Mahavishnu lies in that ocean, and as he breathes, not only from his nose and mouth, but as he breathes from every pore of his body, 
when you breathe underwater, what happens? You get bubbles. So similarly, when he breathes uh, in the causal ocean, uh, bubbles are generated. And each bubble is an universe. That is how the universe is created. Like this is how inconceivable is his ability. He glances towards material nature. By the way, material nature is a personality. And uh, she is not she is Krishna's external energy. She is known as Mahamaya. She is known as Durga, Kali, Chandi, etc. She is a person. Durga is a person. Who is Durga? Uh, she is the personification of the material nature. So Durga is a person. Uh, Krishna glances towards Durga or material nature, Mahamaya, uh, and the creation begins. That's another aspect of the creation. Through this glance, through his glance, the living entities are projected onto the material nature. We all came from the spiritual world. How did we come here? Through his glance. He glanced towards the material nature we are projected. And that also, uh, like, came through a divine medium of another personality, who is Lord Shiva. We came into the material nature through Lord Shiva, through which is actually Krishna's glance. Krishna's glance takes the shape in the form of time. Therefore, Lord Shiva is known as Mahakal, the great time. The time factor also is Lord Shiva. And uh, through Lord Shiva, we all have come here. So material nature is the mother and we have come uh, through the father. Here we can consider that Lord Shiva is the father. Of course, Krishna is the father originally. Uh, like uh, he said in Bhagavad Gita, Tashang Brahma Mahajonir Ahang Bija Pradapita. In that vast um of Mother Nature, I am the seed-giving Father. So although Krishna is saying that I am the seed-giving Father, but Krishna doesn't do that directly. He does it through the agency of Lord Shiva. So it is important that we understand Krishna in truth. Tattvataha. Tattvataha means in truth. Like who he is. And because he looks like a human being, we may tend to think that he is a human being. 
a human being with some extraordinary power. But no, he is of different class, category altogether. We are living entities with a body made of matter. Whereas Krishna's body is not made of matter. Ishwaraha Parama Krishna Satchidananda Vigraha. His Vigraha, his form, is composed of three spiritual elements Sat, Chit, Ananda. Eternity, knowledge, and bliss. That's the difference. Our body is made of five material elements. Earth, water, fire, air, ether. With these five elements, this body is made. Out of these five, the predominating element is actually water. How many of you know what's the percentage of water in the human body? Yes, about 80%. So, it is a predominantly, it's a water body. Uh, inside the body, uh, it's all water, blood, uh, pus, urine, and also the elements are uh, predominantly like flesh and bones. Bones have more part in solid substance, but still it has water in it. So the for seventy-five percent of the body is water, or seventy to eighty percent. So, and then we have fire, we can see, you can feel the fire, then we are breathing, air, so forth. So these, our bodies are made of five elements, whereas Krishna's body is not made of material things, but it looks the same. Now in that respect we can consider one factor, one statement in Bible, Man has been created according to the image of God. So in a way we can see that they had the understanding that the ultimate form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is two-armed. Generally people think that God has four arms, especially uh, the followers of the Vedic understanding. But original form of the Lord is actually two-armed. And very mercifully he has given us his form. Although made of matter, it looks the same. That's the difference. Looks the same, but not the same. He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We are living entities. So when we have that understanding clear, then only we can actually enter into the pastimes and activities of the Lord, not otherwise. Therefore it has been pointed out that Unqualified individuals should not dwell or delve into Krishna's pastimes. Because if he does, then he will think that Krishna is an ordinary person and he will create a great offense. Because Krishna's pastimes, because he is the supreme enjoyer, his pastimes are predominantly dealing with enjoyment. And one of the highest form of enjoyment is in his relationship with the cowherd damsels of Vrindavan. Uh, Krishna is a supreme male and his pleasure potency, Srimati Radharani, is the supreme female. Mm. 
and a loving exchange between them can be quite misleading if we do not have the proper understanding who he is. But hearing these pastimes, huh, we can actually understand who Krishna is. And that's why this seminar, uh, that we get to understand, we get an opportunity to understand from the scriptures who he is, how he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. What is the difference between us and him? In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna established his identity as the Supreme Personality of Godhead in a very wonderful way. In Bhagavad Gita, at the beginning, Krishna made the dis distinction between or difference between the body and the soul to Arjuna. Mm. That the body is the covering like a dress and the soul is the proprietor of the body. Mm. And then uh, that he, he did in the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Made Arjuna understand or through Arjuna he made us understand what is the uh, nature of the soul. Mm. The soul is never born. Rather, when the soul accepts a body, the body is born. Soul is never born. Soul is eternal. And the soul is immortal. Only when the soul leaves the material body, the body dies. The body is born when the soul accepts a new body. And the body dies when the soul gives up the old body. And as long as the soul is in the body, this body made of matter, the body made of dead matter is alive. Dead matter, matter doesn't have life. Matter is not can never be alive. Matter can never be conscious. Only due to the presence of the soul that for the time being the matter becomes, uh, these material bodies become conscious or alive. So the so soul is eternal and then in the third chapter Krishna explains the act, the function or the duty, the responsibility of a living entity, what he should do. Then after explaining that, Krishna in the fourth chapter, beginning of fourth chapter, Krishna says, I gave this knowledge first to the sun god, Vivashwan. Another thing to consider, the sun planet is not an empty place. Is not an empty glow, empty sphere of fire. No, sun is, sun planet, like earth planet, is full of inhabitants. And just as earth planet has a leader, the ruler, the king, the sun planet also has a king. And the king of the sun planet is known as Vivashwan. So Krishna says, I gave this knowledge first to Vivashwan. And Vivashwan gave it to his son Manu. Manu gave it to his son Ikshaku. And in this way, through a disciplic succession, meaning from the spiritual master to disciple, 
this knowledge had been flowing since time immemorial. So Arjun naturally questioned, you were born just the other day, so how can I understand? And sun god, Vivashwan, appeared so many billions of years ago, how can I recognize, how can I understand that you gave him that knowledge? So Krishna's response to that was, Arjun, there was always, there was, there was never a time when you are not here, or I was not here, or this kings here will not be here. They have all, we have always been, Arjun, you have taken birth many, many times, so did I. But about those births, you don't remember anything, whereas I remember everything. So in this way, Krishna is establishing the difference between Arjun and him. Between a living entity and him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We forget uh, what to speak of previous birth. We even forget about what he did the previous day. So, <clears throat> this is our, the extent, this is the extent of our memory. Whereas Krishna remembers everything. He remembers everything. With us, when we die, we, our memory is practically obliterated, wiped out completely. And in another body, when we begin, we begin from the scratch, begin from the beginning. And then uh, we acquire all kinds of information in our memory uh, about what we do, what we see. And then it is, again, when you leave the body, memory is wiped out. So that is the case with us. Whereas Krishna's case is different. He never forgets. And that is what makes him the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then he pointed out that he is unborn. But although he is unborn, he takes birth. Just for the sake of displaying his pastimes. Why does he come? Why does he come to this material nature? He comes to material nature to re-establish dharma, the law and order that has been given by him. So in this way Krishna huh, established his identity. Does anybody have any doubt now about who Krishna is? Huh? Once again, huh, how many of you have accepted wholeheartedly that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead? Now what Krishna do, can you do? Huh? Or can Krishna do all kinds of inconceivable things? So that is the uh, thing. Krishna can do, uh, Krishna's ability is inconceivable. Therefore we should never question Krishna's ability. All it needs is simple intelligence. I said simple intelligence because there are two types of intelligence. One is simple intelligence, another is crooked intelligence. And the crooked intelligence will never be able to understand Krishna. They'll always doubt. They'll always doubt because uh, they have put themselves in the center. 
they think that whatever they know, that is the ultimate. And they don't want to accept anything that is beyond their conceivable concept. In this respect, there is a very nice example given. Like, there is a frog in a well. And one frog came and told that frog of the well about the ocean. So the frog of the well asked him, how big is the ocean? He said, it's huge, it's endless, it's really inconceivable how big it is. So he said, oh, is it ten times the size of this well? Is it hundred times the size of the well? Is the ocean thousand times the size of the well? Now from the perspective of the well, can he ever measure the ocean? No. Similarly, with our limited material knowledge, we should never try to fathom the spiritual reality. It's beyond our intellectual ability. Therefore, the first consideration in this respect to accept uh, this information is faith. Faith. Have implicit faith on the scriptures with a clear understanding that in the scriptures there is nothing but the truth and uh, truth and truth and nothing but the truth. Whatever has been spoken in the scriptures is absolute truth. In this respect I remember my father's elder sister was very orthodox and when she used to see us reading novels and uh, fictions, she used to get very upset and we couldn't understand why she used to get so upset. Uh, she. I mean, she used to strictly forbid us from reading those script, those novels and, you know, f fictions. I could understand why she did that only after I joined ISKCON. Then only it made the sense. Then only I realized that these fictions, what they're doing, uh, they're giving us all kinds of fabricated stories. Whereas her understanding was clear that all the printed materials should deal with the truth and nothing but the truth. And that was the Vedic culture, that was the culture of India. I mean, I have per personally experienced through my aunt that that was how just few years back that was the understanding. No printed material, no book should deal with anything but the truth. And that is the scriptures. That was the Vedic understanding. Whatever was presented in the form of the scriptures was dealing with the truth. But the British came and they introduced this. Then only it started. These fictions, writing fiction started only at that time. Otherwise you can go back you know, we had many illustrious authors, poets, dramatists, 
What did they write? They all wrote either about the Lord's pastimes or great personalities' pastimes. Uh, this place is famous for uh, as a great uh, literary personality called Kalidas. Great poet. Uh, Kalidas, uh, all his writings, uh, do you know what his writings are? Uh, his writing, one writing is Abhigyan Shakuntalam. Uh, you know the story of Shakuntala. So he wrote a drama on Shakuntala. But Shakuntala, the theme has been taken from Mahabharata. Uh, he didn't write about Batman and Superman. Uh, or uh, Romeo and Juliet. When you read Romeo and Juliet, you begin with the understanding that this is a fiction. It never happened. Uh, it's product of Shakespeare's fertile brain. Fertile brain. Uh, it's a production of his imagination. Whereas, you know, in early writings, they all actually were based on uh, either the, some king's activities or the lord's activities or lord's devotees' activities. The activities of some illustrious person. Bikram Urvoshya, another writing of Kalidas. King Vikramaditya's encounter with Urvashi. So, here we have to have this understanding clear that whenever we are dealing with the Supreme Person, with the scriptures, we have to have that understanding clear that they are dealing with the absolute truth. Especially the scriptures that are dealing with the Lord and his devotees. There may be some contradictions at times, but that also has been explained. Those contradictions are due to different kalpas. In some yuga, the Lord performed his pastimes in this way, in some other yuga, the Lord past performed his pastimes in some other way. This is not dealing with just one yuga. We are actually dealing with, uh, you know, in a day of Brahma, there is 1,000 chatur yugas. In a day of Brahma, uh, there are 4,000 yugas. And the Lord is coming in every yuga. Not as Krishna, of course. As Krishna, he comes only once in a day of Brahma. So I just wanted to make this point clear. Right? You got it? You got it? Everyone got it? Like, don't ever doubt about Krishna's activities. Krishna, rather accept it with a simple faith that Krishna can do anything. Lord Ramchandra could do anything because he is a Supreme Personality of Godhead. A person who is situated in everyone's heart, what's so difficult for him to get married to 16,000 queens? <laughs> a person who is situated in everybody's heart, one who has his personal dealing with everyone, Mind you, the Lord is in your heart. Uh, 
How many of you accept that point? And the Lord is enabling, allowing you to have your relationship with Him. A very special relationship. You have the prerogative. He has given you the prerogative. That's why He is there in your heart. He is offering you the opportunity. Develop your relationship with me. The way you want me, I'll appear to you in that way. And in that case, you can, you can feel that the Lord is yours. That's how the gopis felt. When the Lord was dancing with 16,000 gopis, every gopi felt that, oh, Krishna is dancing only with me. When Krishna was dealing with his 16,000 queens, every queen thought that Krishna is only with me. I am his favorite. <laughs> Krishna had his palace. Uh, Krishna had 16,000 palace for his 16,000 queens. And Krishna expanded himself into 16,000 forms to deal with them personally. And everyone was thinking that Krishna is always with me. I am so fortunate. Uh, although I am one of the 16,000, but uh, Krishna is with me all the time. And uh, I pity those other 15,999. <laughs> Krishna is never with them. She is always with me. So this is how the Supreme Personality of Godhead could deal with every single queen, with every single gopi. And in this way, the Lord is actually telling us that you also can develop your relationship with me. I'm yours. That's the point he's making. I'm yours. And he's waiting for us to develop that relationship with him. Okay, so Krishna, now again, who is Krishna? This is another thing and uh, just briefly I'll discuss. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, now, what is the relationship between, uh, between a living entity and the Supreme Personality of Godhead? It has been pointed out that if you consider the sun, the sun has many rays, sun has innumerable rays, but those rays are tiny little suns. All the qualities of the sun is there, but in a minute way. The sun has light, sun is the source of light, and the sun is the source of heat. A ray also uh, has the ray, the light and heat. But only thing is the sun is whole and the ray is a part. So that is the relationship between us and him. And <clears throat> when the ray, just consider a ray becomes separated from the sun, then what will happen? Will the ray retain its fiery qualities? If the, like uh, an example in that respect can be uh, considered, a uh, spark. Uh, 
when the spark comes out of the fire, can the spark retain its fiery qualities? What happens when the spark comes out of the fire? It gets extinguished. It loses its fiery qualities. And just next to fire is ash. So falling on a heap of ash, the speck of inflammable uh, particle that was uh, the spark, now it turned into ash. So similarly, when we become separated from Krishna, then we lose our spiritual qualities. And falling on, a, on this world of matter, uh, we become matter. We identify ourselves with matter. Is that example clear? Uh, so when we become separated from Krishna, we lose our spiritual qualities and that's why we begin to identify ourselves with matter, thinking that this body made of matter is me. Now see, the inflammable particle that was a spark at one time, when you take it back into fire, what happens? It will become fire again. So we have become materialized. <laughs> we have materialized because we have become separated from Krishna. Now if we want to be spiritualized, what should we do? Become connected to Krishna. So all these efforts that we are making is simply for the sake of that. Uh, to uh, revive our spiritual identity. And the way to do it is by developing our relationship with Krishna. Now uh, consider how relationships develop. We established that point that developing our relationship with Krishna. How does relationship develop? What is the main factor for developing relationship? Anybody? Love. Huh? Love. love. Right. Love. It is through love that we develop relationship. If you don't love, love somebody, do you have any relationship with that person? If you hate somebody, do you have any relationship with? Huh? No. So love is the factor that enables us to develop relationship. Love is the factor that brings us together. So if we want to become connected to Krishna, what do we need to do? Develop our love for Krishna. So again, all that we are doing is simply to enable everyone to develop his or her love Krishna. And again, what actually causes us to love somebody? Did you consider that? Okay, there are six things, six facts, six qualities that attract us. That at love and attraction are related. We love something that we are attracted to. We love somebody we are attracted to. So the attractive aspect has, there are six aspects of attraction. Beauty, 
When someone is very beautiful, don't they fall in love with that person? Huh? <coughs> then, wealth. When somebody is very rich, don't we want to fall in love with that person? <laughs> when someone is very powerful, don't we want to love that person? Don't we become attracted to that person? When someone is very wise, very knowledgeable, don't you become attracted to him and fall in love with him? If someone is very famous, don't you fall in love with him? And if someone is very detached, very renounced, don't we develop our appreciation and attraction for him? So how many did you get? Did you count? Six. No, six. Beauty, strength, knowledge, fame, uh, opulence, and renunciation. So, <clears throat> and now, mind you, Krishna has all these six qualities to an absolute extent. He is the most beautiful, he is the most powerful, don't you say, God is omnipotent? Uh, omnipotent means all-powerful. Uh, don't you say God is omniscient? That means God knows everything. He is the wisest. He is full of knowledge. Absolute knowledge. And omnipresent. He is present everywhere. That's how He is. Aware of everything. He is the most famous. Uh, most of the people don't know other than the Vedic the followers of Vedic culture, uh, that he is the uh, he is the most opulent. He owns everything. Uh, everything belongs to God. He is, and at the same time, he is the wisest, and he is the most famous, uh, and he is most detached, most renounced. Anyway, so these are uh, the natural uh, features of attraction to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And the Lord comes, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is Krishna. And He comes only once in a day of Brahma. And a day of Brahma consists of 1000 Chaturjugas. 1000 Chaturjugas means four Jugas put together. Satya Juga, Dwapar Juga, Satya Juga, Treta Juga, Dwapar Juga and Kali Juga. All these four Jugas put together comes to 4.32 million years. And thousand such Chaturjugas make a day of Brahma, that is 4.32 billion years is the day of Brahma. And once in a day of Brahma, Krishna comes, the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. And who is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead? The original Supreme Personality of Godhead is the son of Nanda Maharaj and Jashoda. And he always resides in Vrindavan. But then his expansion, he expands. 
Like we gave the example of the sun. The sun expands into many suns. All those suns will have the same quality, same power, same characteristics. One becomes two, becomes twenty, two hundred, two thousand, and so forth. But they are all the same sun. This is how Krishna expands himself. Krishna's first expansion is in Dwarka. That is, in Dwarka, Krishna is son of Devaki and Vasudev. And he is, he has the four aspects, the quadruple, Chaturbuha, the quadruple expansions. Krishna is Vasudev, Balaram is Shankarshan, then Pradumna and Aniruddha. So Krishna performed his wonderful pastimes in Vrindavan. Then he left Vrindavan. In Vrindavan, what Krishna was doing? Krishna was playing with the cowherd boys during the day and Krishna was playing with the cowherd girls at night. Is there anything wrong if Krishna dances with the gopis at night? Huh? He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Like in that respect, I heard one encounter that Srila Prabhupada had with one Indian scholar in Philadelphia. That person was an Indian, he was a Bengali, a professor. Uh, and he was talking to Srila Prabhupada and he was telling that Krishna's activities were immoral uh, because he was the way he dealt with the gopis the Prabhupada was trying to explain that uh, that for Krishna there is nothing immoral uh, because he is the supreme proprietor. So if the owner enjoys something, can there be anything wrong in that? No, because the, he owns and enjoy, the, the owner has a natural right over enjoying his possessions. His, and that man would not, just would not listen but just continue to argue, argue. Then finally Prabhupada just told him quite strongly, your relationship with your wife is immoral. <laughs> he said, you have taken Krishna's property and trying to enjoy her. <laughs> so, so ultimately, <laughs> Krishna is the supreme proprietor. Uh, and <laughs> of course, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, in the material nature, Krishna allows living entities to uh, go through certain experiences. But then that's why there is a consideration of social approval. A man and woman, when they get together, uh, there is a consideration of marriage. And through marriage they take up the responsibility. 
What's the purpose of marriage? Procreation. Putrarthi kriyate bharja. One accepts his wife for the sake of procreation. And, and that has, follows certain, uh, certain social convention, social custom. And that's why uh, it is accepted in the human society. A man and woman get together uh, with the social approval of through marriage. And but for Krishna, who is the supreme proprietor, uh, there is no such consideration. He can do anything that he wants. Like <clears throat> and. We have to see why Krishna is the God. Krishna is God. Because he lifted Giri Govardhan when he was seven years old. Who can lift a mountain? And not only lift a mountain, keep it holding there for seven days. And that also on his little finger. Of that also his left hand. <laughs> so he, well, Krishna can do that. Therefore he is Giri, Giri Bharadhari. He can do that. Only he can do that. And that is why he is Gopijana Ballava. <laughs> he can dance with the gopis and he can sport with the gopis. He is a Gopijana Ballava because he is a Giri Bharadhari. Now if you can be Giri Bharadhari then you also can <laughs> be Gopijana Ballava. But first you become Giri Bharadhari and then you become uh, Gopijana Ballava. So that is how we have to see that whatever Krishna does is perfectly alright. And that is what he did in Vrindavan. Actually, what was the thing? In What was the relationship? The relationship was actually based on they wanted Krishna. And Krishna fulfilled their desires. Krishna fulfills his desires. Whoever wants something, Krishna fulfills his desires. Those who wanted to have Krishna as their object of love, Krishna fulfilled their desires. That is Krishna's, uh, that is most wonderfully manifest in Krishna's Vrindavan pastimes. There is no consideration of what people will think. That's why in Vrindavan Krishna is the Lila Purushottam. Lila Purushottam. Lila means he's acting the way he wants. He doesn't care about what people may think about him. Uh, oh, this is moral, this is immoral. Uh, Krishna's consideration in that respect is, okay, you uh, get lost. <laughs> you know, I don't care about what you think. Uh, I'm simply reciprocating with my dear devotees the way they want me. I am simply responding to their desire. And that is Krishna's mood in Vrindavan. Now, is, can there be anything inappropriate in that? No. So, <clears throat> Krishna performed his pastimes in Vrindavan in a most wonderful way. There are two aspects of Krishna's pastimes. He is giving pleasure to his devotees. And he is uh, annihilating the demons, giving pleasure to his devotees. Uh, devotees wanted in a, him in a certain way. Krishna said, fine. Like 
many gopis in Vrindavan wanted to have Krishna as their son. Krishna fulfilled their desire. For one year, Krishna expanded himself into all the cowherd boys. So the mothers got Krishna as their son for that one year. Not even the mothers, even the cows desired. Oh, I wish Krishna could be my calf. So Krishna fulfilled the desires of those calves also by just expanding, just becoming the calves for that one year. <clears throat> uh, that just occurred to me. Does everybody know about that pastime? Who doesn't? You know. Why are you raising your hand? <laughs> anyway, anyway, let me put it this way. Who want to hear about this pastime? Okay, that's better. <laughs> so, one day, there's a demon called Aghasura, a friend of Kamsa, came to Vrindavan to kill Krishna in the form of a gigantic python. And the snake was on the way where the cowherd boys would be going to uh, the pasturing ground, pasturing ground. So, <clears throat> and the boys, mind you, they're just five, six years old boys. They saw the wide mouth, open, wide open mouth of the serpent whose jaw, lower jaw was touching the ground and the upper jaw was touching the sky. Such, such a huge serpent. And the boys thought, oh, this is a new cave that we never seen before. So let's find out. Let's explore, explore this cave. And they just rushed into the mouth of the demon. Then Krishna realized that this is a demon called Agasura, who is actually, who assumed the form of a snake. And now all the boys have entered into the mouth along with the cows. So what to do? How to, rest, how to save them? And the Agasura was just waiting also for Krishna to enter into the mouth. Then he would, uh, he would close his mouth and it swallowed him kill them. So, finally Krishna thought the only way to save them is that I enter into the mouth of that demon. So, as soon as Krishna entered into the mouth of Agasura, Agasura closed his mouth. But then Krishna expanded his body. Can Krishna do that? So large that the snake couldn't swallow and he got stuck in his neck. And then Krishna started to emanate heat, an inconceivable heat from his body. Can Krishna do that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, and then Agasura, see mind you, like the heat is coming out of Krishna's body, it become unbearable. So what he would naturally try to do? That get rid of Krishna. 
But Krishna was so badly stuck on his throat that he couldn't uh, get Krishna out of his throat. And uh, Aghasura started to writhe in pain, uh, started to uh, flip his body uh, in acute agony. And he could not leave his body uh, because the soul uh, to leave his body uh, had to come out of some uh, hole. Now Krishna is stuck on his throat. So eventually Agasura left his body from the top of his head. And after he left his body, Agasura's soul just stayed suspended in the space for a while until Krishna came out of his mouth. And when Krishna came out of his mouth, Agasura's soul entered into Krishna's body. Brahma was watching that and he began to wonder who that is. That Agasura was so powerful that demigods used to just tremble with fear just hearing his name. Agasura was so powerful that no demigod, including even Lord Shiva, could deal with him. So they began to wonder, who is this boy that killed Agasura so easily? And Agasura's soul entered into his body, who this person is? Is he my Lord and Master Narayan? And so Brahma started to watch the cowherd boys, Krishna, along with the cowherd boys. After killing Agasura, rescuing his friends and the cows, Krishna came to the bank of Jamuna and they sat down to eat their breakfast. Everyone brought some food from his home. And the and they led the calves to uh, to graze in the field. And then Brahma saw that these boys are surrounding Krishna and having their breakfast. Different boys brought different things from his home. And uh, and as they took something, and if they liked it. They would offer it to Krishna. Krishna, see how wonderful this gulab jamun is my, that my mother made. <laughs> so Krishna taste it, see how wonderful it is. And Krishna is eating it. Some other boys said, look at the, uh, the kheer kadam that my mother made. <laughs> and Krishna is take, eating. So Brahma saw that Krishna is eating the contaminated remnants of other cowherd boys, which is called, in Hindi, it's called Jutha. Jutha. Jutha khara hai. Now he felt that, how can Narayan take somebody else's Jutha? Everyone takes takes Narayan's Prashad, but here Narayan is taking their Prashad. <laughs> so this can't be Narayan. Or Brahma began to wonder whether this is Narayan. So then Brahma decided to test him out, to check him out. So Brahma stole the calves and 
took all the calves and put them in a cave. Then all of a sudden the cowherd boys saw that the caves, the, cow, the calves are not there. So they became worried. So Krishna consoled them, don't worry, they may have gone inside the forest, so I'll just go and bring them. So you continue with your breakfast. So then when Krishna went and looked for the calves and couldn't find them, but when he came back, he found that the coward boys are also missing. So Brahma stole the coward boys also and put them in the mountain cave. And so Krishna came back and he saw that the boys are also missing. So then Krishna considered, uh, then the Krishna thought, uh, Krishna just looked at what actually happened in the perspective of time. And he saw what happened. That, that how Brahma is actually was trying to check him out. And he stole the cowherd boys and the calves. So immediately Krishna expanded himself into all those cowherd boys and to all those calves. Brahma turned around and saw the same scene. But Brahma, it took Brahma to turn back and take one second. And that was one second according to Brahma's calculation is one year from our time concept. So for one year Krishna was actually, Krishna expanded himself into all those cowherd boys and into all those calves. Now the question is why Krishna did that? Of course this is a pastimes uh, called Brahma Mohan Leela or bewildering Lord Brahma. But it's also the purpose of this pastimes was that as I said Many gopis wanted to have Krishna as their son. And even the cows wanted Krishna to be their calf. So Krishna fulfilled their desires by, by becoming the children of those gopis and the calves of those cows. And for one year they had Krishna as their son, although they were seeing that it was her son, it was their sons, but actually they felt an incredible affection for them, for the children that they didn't feel before. Even there for their own children they did not feel that affection. Because it was Krishna whom they wanted. So this is how through these pastimes Krishna was actually fulfilling the desires of different devotees in Vrindavan. Also the devotees desired, uh, the cowherd boys used to be with Krishna all the during the day. But at night they had to go home. And at night the gopis used to be with Krishna and during the day they couldn't get Krishna's association. Mother Jashoda and Nanda Maharaj would feel that Krishna goes to the to the to the uh, with the calves to the grazing ground to the pasturing ground, spends the whole day, and they don't get Krishna's association so much. So everyone wanted to have Krishna's association. 
throughout the day and throughout the night. The gopis desired, oh, Krishna is with us only during the night, but during the day he is not with us. The cowherd boys felt that Krishna is with us during the day and at night we don't get his association. Therefore, Krishna performed his Govardhan pastimes. He lifted Govardhan, held it for seven days, and everyone got Krishna's association for seven days throughout the day, throughout the night. So this is how uh, Krishna actually used to fulfill the desire of all the residents of Vrindavan. And that's why Krishna is Leela Purushottam. So <clears throat> I'll start uh, what Krishna did after that, after leaving Vrindavan in the afternoon today, in the afternoon session. If anybody has any question, can ask. Uh, preferably by writing. Okay. Uh. Nailesh. I couldn't get the question. What is your question? Okay, somebody left his body. And then then what happened? After he left his body, then what? He forgets whatever he learned in his life. Okay. If someone practices Krishna consciousness uh, and did not complete his, uh, did not go back to Godhead, then whatever he has acquired uh, will remain with him. All the devotion or spiritual credit that he acquired will stay with him. And in his next life, when he begins, he will begin from the point where he ended in his previous life. And this is how he will continue uh, to progress towards the spiritual goal. You got the, get the point? Huh? Like huh? that all our spiritual credits, hmm? our spiritual credits will never go in vain. There is no loss or diminution. Hmm? It will always be with us. Another consideration is that for a devotee who surrendered himself to Krishna 
it's up to Krishna to decide what he wants to do with him. Because whatever Krishna wants, whatever Krishna does is for one's ultimate benefit. Okay? Therefore, you can rest assured that whatever you're doing for your spiritual advancement, for your spiritual progress, will not go in vain. It will be with you all the time. Okay? Another way of looking at it is also, you see, material things that we acquire is in relation to the material body. So when the body is gone, everything is lost. You see, our learning, our wealth, all that we have acquired in this life, at the time of death, we have to leave them behind. Right? Because they were in relation to the body. That's why it's all finished. Whereas, our spiritual credits are with the spirit soul. And since the spirit soul is eternal, those credits also will remain with the spirit soul all the time. Because they are in relation to the spirit soul. Any other question? That means your family, the materially, those who are related, they are not accepting. तो कृष्ण को प्यार करने से भी गुस्सा आता है जब कृष्ण और किसी को प्यार करता है वो होता है ऐसा होता है जब राधा रानी सुनती है कि कृष्ण और किसी को प्यार करता है तो उसका बहुत गुस्सा होता है The question is that uh, in our material relationships, when we love somebody and that person loves someone else, then we become envious. Uh, now, do we also become equally envious when uh, we develop, uh, uh, when we develop our love for Krishna? But on the other hand, what we do, we tell, we are telling everybody you love Krishna. Uh, that is because you are very generous. <laughs> so you, are, you want to share your love uh, with those who, who you love. But when it comes to this aspect, this situation or this level, when that intense loving relationship develops, uh, then yes, one feels jealous about Krishna also. Uh, like... Uh, when Radharani her gets to know that Krishna 
had an affair with someone else, then she gets really upset. <laughs> but that is uh, the that is love. Uh, love's nature is like that. But that kind of loving exchange or that kind of loving anger is possible only for Radharani to display. Uh, and our understanding is Krishna is Radharani's. Uh, so our business is to bring Radharani and Krishna together. Uh, we do not want to cut Radharani off and enjoy Krishna ourselves. No. Does it answer your question? Huh? It still looked like you are not satisfied with answer. <laughs> okay. <coughs> yes, Radha Peri. said it, they're crazy. <laughs> so what a madman, there's a saying, what a madman will not do and what a goat will not eat. Huh? But those who are sane, they'll throw that book to Baranasi Ganga. <laughs> so see, this is the thing, you know, people, they just you know, they just want to, you know, create some sensation by writing something, you know, like, and, you know, crazy individuals go crazy about it. So that's nothing surprising. But those who are sane, as I said, uh, they won't even go very far. Even Banaras, Baranasi, the Ganga is flowing. Uh, so they'll take the book and throw it there. Okay? And at least you can do that. <laughs> uh, is there any question there? Yes. Regarding? Surrendering. Like when Krishna says, I'll take care of all your sinful, I'll free you, I'll deliver you from all your sinful reactions. He is taking care of kutang, bijang, falan, mukham, everything. All the prarabdhas and aprarabdhas. But, uh, but there is one consideration also. 
You see, that also will depend upon the degree of our surrender. Right? Like if we are, you know, we may say that we are surrendering, but if our surrender is only 10%, uh, then it won't be complete complete wiping out of the sins. Right? Total, you know, and total, you know, obliteration of sins will take place when there is total surrender. You get the point. Huh? But it doesn't matter. Like, huh? our business is to surrender. And we have to have that faith that when we surrender to Krishna, Krishna will take care of all our sinful reactions. Does it mean that Atma Nivedana means the Yeah. To Atma means offering self. But then again, you know, it will depend upon. Depend upon the degree of one's surrender. But it will ultimately it will lead to Atmanivedan is the process of surrendering the self, but which will ultimately lead to total surrender. When you take total surrender, does it mean that you should not have any, any kind of material desires? Yeah, um, well, uh, yes, yes, naturally. But total surrender would mean total dependence upon Krishna. Uh, that, uh, that. Goptritya Baran, accepting Krishna as my only Lord and Master. And Abhushya Rokhive Krishna Vishash Palan. Rokshishita Iti Vishasha Goptritya Varanam Tatha. That He will protect me because He is my Lord and Master. Doesn't an ordinary Lord and Master take care of His servant? So, what to speak of the Supreme Lord? When we surrender to him, when we become his servant, won't he take care of us? Yes, he will. The same results achieved by staying high to Shamaam Yes, yes. Hare Krishna Mahamantra is the process through which we are surrendering to him. You know, because we why you just consider why you are chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra? Because Krishna said. So it's an indication. Why you are chanting? Because Krishna. So these are the different stages of sinful activity, sinful reactions. But Krishna's thing is wipes out everything, when provided we surrender properly. So yeah, you have a question. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, my question is related to how our philosophy. Compared to other religions in the world, for example, today is Christmas, and we all know that Christianity is the largest religion in the world, and more people believe that Christ is the Son of God more than anyone else. So, how is how is Christian philosophy uh, compared to the mass other religions in the world? And you know. Um, how are we going to see that? Okay, good, good point. Like, <clears throat> Christianity, as you mentioned, uh, believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Then the automatically the question comes, who is God the Father? Who is God the Father? Christianity doesn't provide that answer. But we have the answer. That's Krishna. <laughs> So 
So, you know, like it's, we're not contradicting anything. Only thing is that at a lower level, you have less information. And when you go to the higher level, you get more information. And the Vedic concept is the highest level of spiritual understanding. Whereas Christianity is a very, you know, preliminary level. Uh, love thy father, Lord the God, uh, and so forth. But, you know, how can you love unless and until you get the information about that person? Unless you get to know the person. So they are saying, love thy father, Lord the God, but there is no information about God. And that is the problem with Christianity. At least in Christianity they are saying, love thy father, Lord the God. But Islam, don't even think about him. To think about him is blasphemy. So, so this is how you can see, you know, how basic their understanding of God is. On the other hand, when you come to Krishna consciousness, uh, when you get to the essence of the Vedic wisdom, what we are saying, if you want to know, I mean, what Prabhupada is saying, if you want to know about God, come to me. I can tell you what he looks like, I can tell you what his name is, I can tell you what he does, I can tell you where he lives, and I can even give you his telephone number. <laughs> so that you can contact him. So, so that is the extent of the Vedic information. When God himself is speaking about himself, you know, what can be more glorious than that? And even greater, as I was mentioning this morning, even greater is when God's devotees speak about God. Krishna, when he speaks, he is hesitating. He is feeling embarrassed to speak about himself like that. But when his devotees speak, they, they speak about his glory to that utmost extent. Isn't it? Okay, last question. Does soul have any content? How can we distinguish body from soul? Like body and elements, the five elements. Uh, I know I can different difference. I can say the difference between body. But how can I move about the soul? Yeah, good. Very good question. Yeah. <coughs> The, you know, the, the, the characteristic or nature of the soul that is, uh, that identifies the soul is consciousness. Right? The consciousness is not coming from the body. Consciousness is coming from the soul. Desire, right, is coming from the soul. Uh, what we are desiring, wherever there is consciousness, there is desire. Wherever there is desire, there is the, the tendency to enjoy. So these are all coming from the soul. Our tendency to enjoy, our tendency to desire, our uh, consciousness, all uh, these are the symptoms of the soul. Alright? <laughs>
Thank you. All glory is to Srila Prabhupada. So, uh, I'll see you all again soon at 4 o'clock. So, are you all happily situated? Uh, and uh, those who have taken the breakfast, how is the breakfast? Any complaint? Anyway, I know you won't tell me. But if you have any complaint, you can write it down. <laughs> and even if you don't give your name, we'll accept it. <laughs> and uh, is your accommodation comfortable? Did anyone uh, feel it was too cold last night? Huh? Okay. Thank you. Hare Krishna. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Gaur Premanande Hari.